He is a four-time Bassmaster winner and just qualified for his eighth Bassmaster Classic from North Prince George, Virginia. Jacob Peroznik joins me this week on... I'm Bob Cobb for the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Welcome one, welcome all, friends, family, freeloaders, fishing freaks, all of you. You're all welcome here at the Awkwardly Honest Fishing Podcast that goes by my last name, which is Mercer. Welcome into the 131st edition of this particular show. It is Wednesday, October the 11th. Hard to believe it's October 11th already. Um, finally starting to feel a little bit like fall, which... which as you guys know, I love to swim with the fishes, and that hurts that. But it makes the fishing better. The, the The drop in temperature in the water, not good for swimming with them, but really good for catching them. So it all kind of equals out. And when you think about it, I mean, this is a, a, a great time of the year. I mean, if you're like me, if you are a sports junkie, I'm kind of one of those knuckleheads who watches just about every single sport there is out there. And... Uh, they all start happening now. I mean, obviously, we're in the middle of things with the NFL and college football. Uh, hockey, NHL back in your life this week. Um, baseball playoffs are ramping up and, and, and heating up. And um, and if you're a basketball fan, I mean, they, that starts in a couple of weeks. So lots of sports to watch, lots of things to go on. And that's why... I feel I should have to say thank you for tuning into this because there is other things you can tune into, but you choose to tune into this. And I thank each and every one of you for tuning in week after week. And this week we got another great show with a great guest, a guy who, and I probably should ask him this. He doesn't do a lot of podcasts. You just don't see him on a lot of podcasts. Um, I think the answer is probably he just goes hunting. He just disappears and goes hunting. Um, but Jacob Peroznik, this week's guest, and we have a great conversation about a lot of different things. And and I swear to you, I mean, you may not believe me, but I swear to you, I literally did not want to talk about forward-facing sonar at all. I, I, I literally wrote on a piece of paper around here, no FFS. But guess what? We ended up talking about it. I mean, it's a very polarizing topic. Um I'm, I'm really, I'm, we're, we're going to try to stop talking about it because, I mean, it just seems like nobody's happy after you talk about it. It's just like, it's just one of those topics that people feel a certain way in many different, I mean, I see I'm talking about it again. I, stop it. No more talking about it. Let's just, here's how we're going to stop talking about it just for a few minutes anyways, by introducing our next guest or our only guest guest this week to North Prince, George, Virginia, we travel and hook up with Jacob Peroznik. Jacob Peroznik, it is the off season. And what do you do in the off season? I do a lot of hunting. Uh, <laughs> like right now I'm down here at the lodge. This is actually where we're uh, doing this uh, film from, you know, duck hunted yesterday, deer hunted yesterday evening. Um, and then, you know, just, kind of relaxing this morning actually hunted this morning and uh didn't see very many deer they're not moving really good right now uh it was kind of warm again you know still that time of season but it's uh 
it's uh love is in the air you know there's there's a few deer trying to to, to run around and chase a little bit start so you know uh get this podcast done and uh have a have maybe have me a little one hour power nap or something and get back after this evening but I, I love sitting in the woods i love deer hunting it's uh it's just one of the things where i can relax i can leave my phone if i want to bring it out and look at something in there then i can or if i can just leave it in my pocket i don't have to have it out and you know think about something so it gives me a time just to kind of relax and, and think about, you know, the upcoming things and, you know, things and, and reflect on, on the past year. You know, I mean, people say a year is a long time, but it goes by so fast. And, you know, it's just one of those things that you get to sit back and kind of look at it and understand what maybe what you did wrong and what you did right and, and, and things like that. So it's just been a passion. I've done it all my life and, and I enjoy it, man. And the, something about the, the leaves falling off the trees and that, and that time of year, man, it's just this magic. It's, it's a weird thing where I think that what hunting gives to people who do what you do, it, it's all, you know what I mean? Like you're totally immersing yourself in nature. Like I think that there's, there's a reward that comes from that for everybody. And, and obviously that's why you hunt and that's what you got into it initially. But I think, as you get older or as you have more pressure in your life as a professional angler, is it something that is more needed? Do you find? Well, <laughs> yes, the way the fishing industry is right now, you know, and has, has become and, and with uh, that going, I think we argue more in fishing now than when we do anything in the world, you know, about just the stupidest crap, but it, it, it just, no, it's it's not really about this this time. It's always just been that time of year where, man, it's just something magical about the, you know, I guess you've been hot all year long. It's been summertime. I mean, not as far as much you, because you wake up in the summertime and it's 50 degrees outside. But, you know, down here, like I live in Virginia. So, you, you know, a lot of times it's 100 degrees. It's 100 degrees outside and, and things are you know, you wake up and it's 90 at daylight in the morning. So you get those first couple cool mornings and, and that stuff. And it's just like, like I said, it's like magic in the air. And it's just, man, it just, it's something that fires you up. And now I will tell you this in about the middle part of December, Christmas time, whatever, I'll be over it. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready to go back fishing, but you know, I still have a month left to work to do before before I get to go, but I do get tired of it. But when it's like the beginning of it right now, the deer's starting to rut a little bit. They're starting to chase a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's the, it's the magic time of the year. So uh, do you think it's important for you to have the break from fishing? Like when you say come the end of December, I'm ready to get back at it. Like does the break from fit or do you have a break from fishing? I, I do. I, I like, you know, I, I got one more little tournament left uh, here uh, in the next couple of days or, or next week or so. And then I, I probably won't pick up another rod. Unless I go like offshore fishing or something out in the ocean or, or go, you know, just crappy fishing or something like that. But for the most part of a bass fishing in a tournament where I'm in competition, no, it will be, uh, I guess when we go to Salida Bend will be my first one of, of the year, you know, coming up. But it's that time where I have a passion for both hunting and fishing. Uh, Somebody asked me the other day if I had to choose one, what would it be? And I told him if I could turkey hunt all year long, uh, I would probably be a turkey hunter all year long. But if not, I'd have to bass fish all year long. 
So, you know, uh, turkey hunting in the springtime of the year is, 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 is something that I really enjoy. And I know I'm kind of floating back because I'm excited about deer season, but like turkey hunting to me is, is my biggest passion. It's something that I get to get up, listen to nature, wake up in the morning and then, you know, have something like that. But if not, then I would be, I would have to fish all year long. So, so or so, go ahead. Or, or I had to find a job because efficient wasn't, you know, available. Have you ever had a job? Yes. I've, uh, I worked with my father. Uh, I knew, so I was, uh, pretty wild in high school. Um, I bet. and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, when I graduated high school, I knew college was probably not going to be good for me. You know, one of those first semester in, you're flunked out, you know, go home. Uh, so my dad owned my dad owned a construction company. He dug f- foundations for houses. And I either could, the goal was either I was going to be a professional bass fisherman or I was going to take over his business. And, you know, here we are uh, bass fishing. And, and I still, I still do work a little bit for uh, my actual cousin is the one that took the business over. So when he's going on vacation for a week and I have nothing to do, I'll go dig a couple footings and, you know, it's some gas money to get around town and, you know, stuff like that. So, yes, but it was, it was hard work. You know, we dug the footings, poured the concrete, and it was ready for the bricklayers when they got there. So you, you had me at, I was kind of wild in high school. How wild were you in high school? Oh, uh, Mercer. If my dad was still here to tell you, it would. It, there'd probably be some stories that um, you would really love to hear. I can tell you that. And we'll have to sit down one time, and and, and I'll tell you a few of them. But uh, he, let's put it this way: he got a lot of calls from the principal when I was in school. But the good thing was, we knew half most of the teachers and everything. So half of them were my dad's friends and all that stuff. So it was kind of par for the course. But I did. I was. I had no limit, if that means anything. I don't think you have a lot of limits anymore. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I could only imagine in high school. I don't think you have a lot of limits nowadays. Um, so you said the plan was always to either take over your dad's business or become a pro fisherman. When did, like, when did you fish your first tournament? How did it start so early for you? Uh, well, I started. I started fishing the BFLs. Uh, just you know, during high school, my my graduation present was a was a bass boat that uh, my dad bought from Woo Dave's. Woo, my dad were real good buddies. So Woo had a nitro come in from Bass Pro, um, from Johnny, and and he they messed up instead of sending it with a two hundred, they sent it with a one fifty. So Woo said, Johnny, just let me have it. Let me fish this one tournament with it, and I'll sell it for you. So somehow him and my dad got together and that was when I, when I graduated high school, that was my first boat. So I fished the BFLs and stuff out of that. And, uh, I think I fished two years, something one to one to points in the BFLs. And then the next year started fishing every starts. And I, I think it was either the first year ever starts or the second year I qualified to fish the FLW tour. Yeah. You had to qualify to fish the tour back then. And I turned it down. I didn't think I was ready. 
And, I, you know, I live on the James River. So this will tell you how long ago it was. I live on the James River. The next year to qualify, they had to force wood cup on the James River. And David Dudley won oh. $500,000. Or, yeah, $500, <laughs> so I would have you know, loved to have had that chance. But, the, you know, the next year I fished the Eversarts again, won the points, and then qualified for the uh, – to fish the tour and and i started in i think 2004 i think is when i started fishing the flw tour till 2013 i think yeah and then fish the opens came to the elites and then um life goes on yeah yeah uh, so the woo dave's connection was that just your dad's friend or did you i mean did that did you have well, much of a connection with Wu, or what was that like growing up? So, I used to get to go to practice with Wu at the class for the classics. Wow. Uh, when I when I was ten, when I was ten or eleven, or maybe twelve, I, I can't remember exact years, but I'll tell you what classic it was—the one that Dion won on Logan Martin. Yeah. Um, the classic Dion one. I got to go with Wu for three weeks down there in practice. We had a uh, friend of Wu's had a trailer down there. He'd give us a trailer. So we stayed for like three weeks, practiced every day. And uh, we actually uh, tell you a little funny story. We wrote a note on Larry Nixon's truck. And uh, Wu did and told Larry Nixon, please do not park this hunk of junk by my ramp boat ramp anymore. Um, it, that was a long story. And, <laughs> It was funny because Larry stayed with me at Champlain this year uh, for the Elite Series, and I said something to Larry about that, and he vaguely remembered that note because he said it kind of like, really made him mad. So that was kind of a funny thing. But to get back to the to the um, this, so I got to be with you know my dad was my dad and we were, were really good friends, but. You know, Wu loves racing. He love he, he's yeah. always got to be doing something. I mean, it's still to this day, he's got to be doing something. So, uh, we rabbit hunt and flounder fish, and you know, all kinds of stuff. And and still to this day, we do it. I mean, he comes down and stays with me down here and rabbit hunts a couple of days and deer hunts, and you know, it, it it's just been a really long lasting relationship. And he's the one that's taught me, you know, a lot about this sport. You know, I mean, because he lived it. You know, before you know we did and now he's now he's asking me questions like how would you do this or whatever because it, it's times have changed you know i mean he doesn't he's back to he was back to when mr twister phenom worm you know was the purple with a powder tail was the was the one you know i mean that was and now he's you know he'll call me and ask me questions which is to me and 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 maybe not to a lot of people but to me, I think that's pretty cool, you know, that somebody that's won the Bassmaster Classic, won I don't know how many tournaments and stuff like that, is now he's asking me for, you know, hey, what what about this? What about this forward-facing sonar? What about, you know, what do you throw here, you know? So, you know, the times have the times have changed. Yeah, that, that's got to be very cool for you and for him. You know, it's, it's life going in full circle, you know, and it, it – I mean – I don't know whether it's more proud for you or for him to sit. And I mean, now he's watching, you know, this kid that he took fishing when he was 12 years old, go out and accomplish, you know, in some ways, and maybe I'm overthinking it, but I would feel if I were in Wu's shoes, I'd feel like 
you extended my career a little bit. You know what? I'm not there anymore, but somebody who I helped get there is there now. So was I'm I'm assuming yeah. Wu was the big idol growing up. That was the guy. Yeah, him and like you know, it, it was him and Larry Nixon. I mean, those two guys were you know my the ones that I love to watch the most. You know what I'm saying? Not, I mean, you know, I mean there was Denny flipping. You you know you yeah. had Shaw sight fishing. We had Fish Fishburn back in the day when he was crazy and you know was you know. I mean, yeah, I can sit here and name them all. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm that kind of a junkie when it comes to that, you know, watching. I mean, I Bassmaster came on, I can remember this, on Saturday mornings at 6 o'clock. And I, I would wait all week to listen to Bob Cobb uh, do the deal, you know, coming on, you know, hearing his voice at the beginning of that, here we are in Sam Rayburn Reservoir. I mean, I can still remember it to this day. That that was the that was the times, you know. That was the that's what made this this sport the way the way it was, and yeah. and and hopefully maybe one day some way it'll kind of get back to that area a little bit, you know. But it's it's got a long way to go. Yeah, I always wonder about that because I mean, obviously, I was one of those weirdos who you know that was everything, and and it was like you were lucky if you got an hour. You know what I mean? That week, you know, you got to see. And, and when you look back at those shows, I mean, and Bob Cobb's a very close friend. And when I talk to him, it's so funny because like we idolized those shows like we saw such amazing stuff. But when you really if you picked them apart, I mean, you hardly ever saw fish catch. <laughs> you know, it was just but it was your it was your lifeline to something that we all love like that. Bob Cobb's voice that music everything's synonymous do you think there is another generation that's watching it now and and feels the same or or do you think we can't ever think that because it's it's not happening to us now we're already sold no our our generation now is glued to it at 8 a.m to what is it 2 p.m when we go live yeah you know that's when they're glued to it and i mean I mean, that you can. I mean, I'm pretty sure that people are going to watch this and comment on us. If somebody comments on this and tells me they got fired because they watched Bassmaster Live, I'll send them an autographed jersey and some hats. So, Mercer, if somebody comments on this and tells them that they got, and I'm, you know, a legitimate, you know, getting fired for that, uh, we'll we'll send them something really good because there's people here at at home that like have have had their bosses come in and say, look. Either cut it off or go home for the day, you know. So, it, it's a it's a big, it's a really big uh, deal. Live and and having all that, tech, I mean, but you're watching the whole thing go down. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. There's no, there's no more secrets. You know what I'm saying. And and then when when a secret does come out, it only lasts for one one one. I guess you could say on Thursday because we go live on Thursday. And if one of those guys that we picked are on live Thursday, then his little secret's gone. You know, there's no more of that. So that's what I'm saying. The world, the world is turning. Everything is turning. And I mean, golly, just people are getting so good Yeah, and they're, they're leaving, they're leaving no rock unturned. And that just says it all. Like, I mean, I, they had a Bassmaster Open come to the James River, which I've lived on the James River my whole life. And I was like, well, there's a few sneaky little hidey holes. Nobody will ever, you know. 
Nope, Mm-mm. they found them all, you know. So, and I mean, these are guys that are fishing the open. So, you know, from the from the era of TV back in the day to what we have now, it's it's a it's like it's a new world, you know. So it's it, and and I can only imagine in ten years from now, what are we going to have? Yeah. I mean, you ever sat and, you ever sat and thought about it? It's crazy. I mean, I mean never mind. <laughs> Where's electronics in 10 years? Where's tech? Like, I mean, if you look at how quick technology, like, dude, literally the night before Bass Live started, I remember eating dinner in our room, me and Zona. The It's the night before the classic. And me, Tommy, and Zona used to always have this tradition of we just go hibernate somewhere, disappear, because, I mean, you can't move in the hotel. It's it, it's the most awesome thing on earth. But when you're working it and when you're competing in it, you you have to try and survive it somehow and that was one of our things but i remember literally sitting around eating and i ate chicken pot pie and zona still made fun of me to this day i don't know i didn't even know what to order but we're sitting around and i ordered the most ridiculous chicken pot pie and i remember us all saying like do you think this is even gonna work because we had tested it and it would always like glitch out and stuff and we were gonna unleash this on the classic but it wasn't until that morning i remember the first moment was driving back from launch and watching, you know, Casey catch a fish. And Dean Rojas was on live that day. And I remember watching it with, with Van Dam of all people, because that was the classic he didn't compete in. And he's like, you can see every movement. Like you can see, sure, in the past you knew so-and-so was throwing a drop shot or a whatever, but now you can see exactly how he was working the bait. Like as an angler, that has to get a little frustrating at times. No, like this, it's hard to keep a secret nowadays. Impossible. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, you know, uh, back in the day, you could come in and put your rods up and hide and do all that. No, <laughs> it's just you got to go. You got to run with it and 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 figure out, you know, figure out something totally different. And now, you know, with the forward facing sonar and all that stuff, the the, the fishing world is is gone, you know, bananas. You know what I'm saying? I mean, w- once it was, you know, once it came out to be an Alabama rig, swept the fishing industry by surprise. But uh, you look back at it, I mean, how many bass or how many fish have went downfall to a forward-facing sonar? Do you think an Alabama rig outfished a forward-facing sonar? No way. Not even a chance. You know what I'm saying? So – you know the the technology from a lure to the to the from to to four fishing. I mean, I went offshore fishing uh, last Friday. All right, so I went up top. But it's, it's, it's a buddy of ours, so I run up top and was sitting there with him. And they have sonar, which is live sonar that 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 pans out three thousand feet. It's kind of like a, a hummingbird live deal. Uh-huh. So this is for the ocean fishing now, okay? And I was like, oh, my gosh. So we're trolling. And he goes, there's a big mark. There's two marks. So he cut a big circle, trolled around them, okay? Made one loop, cut them around them again. I tried, we hooked two white marlins out of the bunch. Which those were the two marks that we saw. We're in the middle of the ocean, Okay. And they're catching billfish off of that sonar. And I'm like, golly, Moses, you know, this is like incredible, you know. And so I got to talking to him about tournaments. I said, well, 
man, y'all have an advantage in tournaments. He said, well, we're not allowed to use this in tournaments. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, because everybody throughout the field cannot afford to have this sonar. So they make the rule where it's just straight up, you know, you, you go and go. He said, now there might be a few guys that have their separate little, uh, pot that they'll fish where if you know a week or so from then they'll have another deal and they'll fish with when they can use those sonars or whatever like that but for the actual tournament like the white marlin open i think and a couple of those big tournaments where you win three or four million dollars yeah that stuff's all cut out you cannot turn it on wow so it's an equal playing field and 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 i was you know and i was kind of thinking like Wow, you know, here we are, bachelors, you know, and things like that. But to get to that point, I'm not saying that we need to cut that off or whatever. I think me and you kind of spoke about this not too long ago at a tournament or whatever. I'm game for everybody to be equal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Hummingbird has one, Garmin has one, uh, Lawrence has one, and, and things like that. You know, we need to be all as one, equal. You know, and I'm not saying that, you know, people are going to have their, uh, that everybody has to run the same one. I'm just saying equal in maybe numbers as far as having one forward facing sonar up front or, or you know, it, do, it doesn't matter what you run. Just, you know, that's, that's what the thing is. Uh, you know, NASCAR has got restrictor plates. Golf, golf people can only carry so many clubs. I mean, they, they cut us out on the Alabama rig. We can't throw that. I mean, what, what, like I said, what catches more, an Alabama rig or a forward facing sonar? Forward facing sonar. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't even throw a double fluke rig. Yeah. That was that, the double fluke rig came out before there was a forward facing sonar or an Alabama rig. Why did, why did I get cut out on that? I mean, wouldn't you like to see me on live haul in two five pounders at one time, wrestling them around? I mean, that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah. but you know, there, there's a lot of things that, you know, I don't agree with, but there's a lot of things I do agree with. And that was just, it was, it was, it was kind of funny when money was involved out there in the ocean, big money, they cut all that stuff out. You know what I'm saying? Let's go, yeah. let's go fishing. Yeah. So you're all for keep it in, just limit it to. So everyone can have the same one unit per boat or however the limit is. Yeah, I mean, they don't need 12 down each side of their boat where they're looking, you know, let, give, a, give a fish at least one a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the Alabama rig um, was, I mean, I, the two get compared and their two are totally different. And and I do like to defend some of the decision with the multi-rig baits. I mean, I think that just got out of hand. Like literally they canceled that. And dude, I was stood beside Trip every morning at the tournament and it without fail somebody steve candy a lot of times but somebody would come over and be like come on over here let me show you this different rig of a spinner bait i have and it's and they were all just out multi-hooked alabama rig kind of you know what i mean trying to figure out because it was catching them so i think that it became like the multi-hook thing becomes a problem but then you look at a jerk bait it's got three hooks on it like i mean it, it is so anyways long story short do you think that decision was premature to, to cancel the alabama rig 
No, I, I think, I mean, back in, in that time, I mean, the thing is, I think it could have been limited to, you know, maybe two hooks or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's a big, it's a big, you know, something like that where people still could have threw it. You wouldn't have had no controversy limited to who, two hooks or, you know, something because that could have flew in every state. You know what I'm saying? Most states were three. Some states were five. But if you had limited it to two, then you could have had it covered all everything. And then you wouldn't have to worry about nothing. Who cares if they threw it? I mean, you know, whatever. So that's what I'm saying is, you know, they limited us to how many hooks we can throw, limit us to how many transducers we can have. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and there it is. I mean, this is how you rig your boat. This is a, who's going to be the smartest. Are you putting on, are you going to put on two forward facing sonars? Are you going to go have you one 2d, you know, where it's, you know, this and that, or I mean, how th there's, there's a lot of discussion about how it's going to go down if there is anything going to go down, I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard a thing you probably haven't heard a thing. So until like probably January one that we know, Hey, we're all aboard. We're going to go do this or whatever. I mean, it's still an upshoot, but is it fun? Oh my gosh. It's a blast, you know, sure, but yeah. I, I will tell you, I will tell you this just like the Alabama. Ring, yeah. It came out and it, it was the, it was the top notch deal of it all. And I know that, you know, Okeechobee was one on it last year. You know, there was, uh, Seminole was one on it. The, you know, the smallmouth tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, there was, you know, fish wherever we went was caught on it and all that. But sooner or later, and I'm not saying it's going to be next year, the year after whatever. Yeah. It's still going to help you find them, but I can tell now, I have a pond that I get to fishing all the time. It's probably 30 acres, 60 foot deep, gin clear. They swim around out in the middle. Yeah, I catch them off, you know, forward facing sonar. And we've been so much and have caught them with that forward face sonar. Now, when I ping on them and I spin around and I get on them, then they run like it's a pack of dogs on them. Like they're yeah. gone. I mean, they just take off and go. And usually, like I can, I can, we got a few brush piles in there and there's always someone I can, I can pull up and pan around that brush pile and watch them swim off that brush pile and go, you know, they're getting used to that. They hear it coming. You know what I'm saying? It's just like that out of memory. So yeah, it will. Yeah. Right now it's a time now up there on them fish up North. I don't think it'll ever matter up there. You, no. you know what I'm saying? I mean, they're just, I mean, you catch a, you catch him off the bed and, 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 you know, they're just that mentality. They're, they're, uh, they don't care. You know, they're mean and, and stuff like that. But as far as them largemouth down here on these southern lakes and stuff like that, they're going. It's going to take a toll on them, and and it'll be back to, to figuring out that that special little trick or trick of the trade or something that that you know when you go back to fishing to get that extra you know four or five bites a day. That's my opinion. All right. All right. I mean, uh, I think it's a good, good. I, I mean, I think all opinions are good on it because it doesn't matter what you say. Somebody's going to be like, oh, I disagree because I mean, it, it's, it's the most polarizing topic I remember in the history of the sport. Literally. I mean, people feel so passionate about it one way or another. Um, but you said you like to sit in the tree and think back on this year and, and how things went in the upcoming year. So what are your thoughts about how things are going right now for you? Um, 
you know the uh, fishing this year was pretty good. I, I you know I, I I mean I made some some and and before I say this, every every person or every kid or female or whatever that asked me, man, what what is what can I tell somebody about fishing that you know whatever, and 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 I always tell them that they have to trust their instincts or trust your decisions. Yeah. You know, decisions in bass fishing are the most biggest things ever. And I can look back on a few tournaments where I didn't do bad. I made the top 50, you know, I'm, I'm there, you know, but it, during that top 50 day, instead of going left, I went right. You know, that yeah. was my decision to do that. So I look back on those decisions, but as far as, man, I'm happy, you know what I'm saying? I show up, I mean, I get to. I get to fish on on you know the the biggest platform that there is. I mean, bass is it's always been that 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 way. My grandpa, my grandpa, uh, I was fishing FLW, okay, the FLW magazine or outdoors. They had a magazine. Well, I go to my grandpa's house. Now I'm I've done made the Forcewood Cup, you know, been in this and you know this and that. I go to my grandpa's house and nothing but Bassmaster magazine is laid across the table. My grandpa was a faithful follower of bass, you know, so it's always been in my blood. My dad loved, you know, uh, but you know, the classics the biggest, I mean, it's the biggest platform there is. There's it's the Super Bowl of bass fishing. So to get back to what I was saying, the, Yes, I'm 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 ecstatic about where I'm at. You know, I made the classic again. I get to fish to win, you know, if you're not in that thing, you don't have a chance to win it. And it's but in my mind, I'm I'm getting a little bit older and it seemed like this year was a little bit harder for me as far as not uh not physical wise or nothing like that. You know, I had one little um, hiccup where I, I got had to, was in the hospital or whatever. I mean, you knew about that. Pretty big and, hiccup, dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it, the the thing is, it's like these days, like now, in in my mind, and I'm trying to word this in my mind how I'm going to say this. But five years ago, everybody was chasing me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I say, me. I'm saying like me, Hagney. You know Van Dam, Skeet Reese. You know the you know the 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 guys that have been there for so long. The Iconelli, the Polnick, and all that stuff. Now it's like, and and I mean I'm I know these guys will say the same thing. It's now we're like, now we're chasing somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like these forward facing, active target. You know the guys that are that live and breathe by that by that deal. It's like now in my mind I'm chasing them you see what I'm saying? There's no, like, and, and, and that's what was getting me. And, and, and I was like, man, and then, you know, you get to the end and where, you know, it's going to play a big factor and, and ended up doing, ended up doing decent and things like that. But th last night I was, when I was sitting in the tree, I was thinking about, man, what, why is it so good? And, and what are they doing different? Well, they're not doing nothing different than what we used to do back in the day. Instead of instead of fishing all the good looking stuff, 
they're just fishing all the bad looking stuff where nobody else is fishing and that's where the fish are so it, there is that different you know the different I, I would say there's there's that different mindset that you have to have when you fish with four yeah. face of sin or, or the mindset of if you're going to fish old school you know you said it best old school fishermen versus new school fishermen and and it is what it is from the outside it felt like this season the person who kind of got punished in some ways is the person that tried to put their foot on the dock and the boat at the same time you know what i mean and 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 and, and yeah. that's the veterans that's everybody who's um, you know, I mean, you guys know how to use forward facing sonar. It's not magic. It's not like you guys haven't figured it out, but there was a lot of times where a angler would get rewarded that did nothing but forward facing. sonar, and I think that's one of the biggest for the naysayers and the people that dislike it. That is the big topic. You know, does it overtake everything? And, and I'm with you where I think that fish will adjust in time i mean the technology also is adjusting pretty quick too it seems but um so will you fish different this year if you feel like you're chasing them how do you how do you change and how i mean i know you don't like chasing you like leading you know the there's going to be a few um tournaments where it's going to be all about the forward facing sonar whether we go you know, one or all or whatever, it's going to be about those. I mean, those are going to be the ones where you're going to have to survive. And those are the ones that are going to mean the most in the points, the AOI, you know, the, the things that are going on to, 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 to make AOI. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, people, you know, they, they say, well, man, they, they just end up the season. They don't, man, as soon as the schedule came out, I'm thinking about, man, what do I need to do here? You know what I'm saying? So it's running through my mind every day about, how to go about things, how I'm going to rig my boat, how am I, how, what am I going to put on that Falcon to, 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 to help me this year, you know? And we're still in that, like I said, we're still in that standby where we don't know if we're going to have, if we can have eight forward facing sonars up there, or we can have one or we can have nothing, you know? Uh, I, as far as a, you know, I mean, I'm sponsored by the ranch. I've been with the ranch my whole, my whole career. And, you know, that's a way that Lawrence makes money is by selling forward facing sonar, you know, active targets. And in my opinion, I, I don't think that we need to go away with them. But I, I do, like I said before, we do need to be limited for, I mean, that, that might be the way that they pay for me to be able to fish on the Bassmaster Elite Series by selling forward facing sonar. So I, I'm I'm not totally against it, um, but I'm with it too. You know what I mean? So uh, it's just, Whatever they say, I'm I'm good to go. I got you. I got you. It it it. it um, I mean, it, it's such a. I really go into every podcast being like, we're going to talk about everything but it, but it just seems to dominate every topic because it's that big a deal. I mean, it it it's. Are you surprised that this year it became such a big deal? You know what I mean? Like this year, we're, like, I mean, technology has been around a long time. We've been talking about forward facing sonar for several years now, but this year it just really seemed to, why this year, why was this year different? I mean, because people are getting their butts whipped. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what, you know, that, that's all that, what it comes down to. I mean, people losing money, 
you know, money money in this sport is is what is what drives everything. You know, uh, you give us like give us a raise, give us a raise or something. Do something that you'll never hear about four faces center. But people are getting to that times where, mercy, you, you know, you know, if, if people are losing money, they're having they're struggling. Yeah, and when they can point the finger at something, then that's what they point the finger at. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Ford Face Center doesn't have no, you know, it. Uh, Joey Sovites would have caught him somehow any way he could have. He just he's very good with it. You know, he understands it. He fishes with it. Koya, I, I mean, he's one of the best. I mean, like I told you, uh, Taku. I mean, dude, they're, they're, those guys live by that stuff. Now, I mean, I'd like to put Taku and, and Koya against me and Hackney on a on Choke Canyon where it's a bird walking mat from one side to the other, and and let's see how that goes down. You know what I'm saying? But that's that's the way I want to fish. That's the way Hackney would want to fish or Swindle or Pawning or whatever. But that's the way Koya and Taku want to fish. That's the way they feel more comfortable. So let them, you know, no no hard feelings against them at all. They're Cali. I wish I knew what went through their minds, the young prince or whatever y'all call him or whatever. Damn. I mean, he's, he's, he's in, he's absolutely incredible with it and would love to be able to spend the day fishing with him and, and see some of the stuff that they have. Am I mad at him? No, but he has a bigger bullseye on his back every time he makes another top 10, you know what I'm saying? Like, but until, you know, he, his technology is his, his mindset his technology and mindset and and what he has blows us away, man. We're we're, we're we don't even hold a candle to what he has. Yeah. And to, you know to get back to get back to that, it's just he, he he's so his his he so has so much technology on that stuff in his mind. It, I mean, he knows, man, and it's it's hard to beat somebody when they have that big of an advantage. Yeah, and and in in his defense, he's also trying to overcome a giant advantage uh, that you guys have, which is 20, 30, 10, five, whatever it is, years of experience fishing these bodies of water. I mean, he has no experience in doing that, but obviously he figured things out pretty quick. Um, let's get off of forward facing sonar though, because it, it, it will just monopolize everything. It just, it really oh, I'm, isn't. Like I said, I'm good with it. Whatever, ha whatever happens, happens. I'm, I'm ready to roll. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, how different is this job to what you considered or what you thought it would be when you were a 12 year old pre fishing with Wu Days for the classic? And now that you actually have this job and are a very successful at this job, how different is it than what you expected? Or is it the same? It, it's, um, I, I didn't think it would, I, in my mind, I'm pretty, I, I kind of have got, to where in my mind I can kind of see how things are going to go. The The biggest thing to me is I didn't see how, how stressful it would be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm, I get to go bass fish for a living. You know what I mean? But man, you get out there and it's 10 o'clock and you haven't had a bite on day one. And you're like, man, wow. Mercer is not going to be happy with me. And man, my man, what am I going to do? You know, this and that. And then, Hear them voices start talking in your head, and you know it. It got me. It got me a few times, but it and 
I think that's when I to get back to those decision makings and and the stuff in your head. I got to the point where I was very good at wiping that stuff out, being like Jacob. It's the same day as practice. You you you, you run around and you know by the end of the day you've had twenty bites. Okay, go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go fishing. You know, and that's when you kind of all right. You know, and you run down the lake and you pull over there. And, and you get a bite, and then things start clicking again. Then you get another bite, and then it's one thirty, and you got eighteen pounds. And you're like, all right, all right, we survived. You know, that's where that's that was the biggest mentality or, or the biggest hump in my career was being able to just say, "Go, you got to go." And I think that's where Jason Christie, that's where guys that fish on the fly, you know, rolling or whatever. That's why they're so good because they're they're fishing through that you know that stressful part or whatever because in his mind he's thinking somewhere during the day i'm going to run into him and i'm going to crack them and this is how it's going to go down and then you know and, and things lead to to uh him holding another blue trophy over his head or you know guys that that, that are winning tournaments and and <laughs> it's hard I mean, you pull up and you've you've had eight or nine bites on a place, and then you pull up, you know they're there, and they're not biting. It's hard to leave when you're fishing. You know, it's hard yeah. to go run something that you've never had a bite on. So that that was the biggest, the stressful, the stressful part of it. You know, my family, my family and friends and sponsors and everybody that's that's been with me and supported me 100. You know, I mean, I've had you know you know family things when you're on the road for so long and they want you to come home and, and things like that. But for the most part, just hoping and wishing that by the end of the day, I have something to put in that burglary weigh-in bag to come up here on the stage with you. Yeah. As has been the most stressful part for me. So the voices never go away. Cause I think the average fan thinks at this point of Jacob Prosnick's career, there is no voices in your head, but, I mean, I, I don't think they ever, I think the voices in some situations get even louder. Like you'll see anglers win angler of the year, win classic. And all of a sudden, the, I mean, Seth fighter talked about that the season after winning angler of the year, he said was the most stressful season he ever had because all of a sudden he's the guy on the posters. He's the guy in the magazine and, and those voices get even louder. Um, how do you silence those voices is the only way to silence it through success. Drugs. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh like like mercy. I mean the the, the thing is, and I, I like I, I I'll put you to the test. You called me the first night before Toledo bid this year, the night before we start the first day, call me at one o'clock and I'll answer on the first ring. I, I, I can't never go to sleep. Wow. The second tournament. I can't go to sleep the night before the tournament. Now, after day one, if I'm leading dead last or whatever, I'm going to sleep like a baby. But I guess I'm getting so excited about it. You know, the classic is the – those tournaments, but the classic is probably by far the easiest one to go to sleep at because I think we're so tired before we start the actual deal that I can actually go to sleep around 2. I get a, I get maybe an hour or an hour and a half of sleep before the first night of the classic. Now, 
after the after the first day, then I'm back to normal. But those first day jitters, I still have. I mean, I mean, bad. I lay there. I look at Instagram. I read a book. I read magazine. I do something, and it's just like, golly, man. <laughs> I, well, you're not on nothing. You're not. You're gonna have to fish by the seat of your pants. Why aren't you going to sleep? Well, now I'm worried. All right, and then I go to the next tournament, and and all right, well, I got. 25 on the bed they're lined up you know i'm gonna be able to catch me five good ones and i'm still just like all right what's gonna be the first flip what's gonna be this what's you know what you gonna throw a cinco in there first are you gonna wacky worm it i mean you know it's it's just like my mind never quits running and i, I people call it jitters i just think it's you trying to figure out in your mind what's going to be the best uh best way to, to approach this deal and I wish I could get over it, and hopefully one day it will because it'll make for make for better sleep on the first day. But nah, I mean it's just it's just part of it, you know. And I mean, I'd like to know how many people have it. I'm pretty sure there's a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's especially the classic. There is a lot of sleep to. I mean, the the trend of the classic when I run into you guys during the week, everybody. Every conversation goes many different directions, but at some point people are like, are you ready to just start fishing or what? Like people, it's like you get there, you pre-fish, and then it's like, okay. We're, like the classic is literally like a video game, I think. Like as you make different levels, the fighters get harder, whether you're playing Mike Tyson Punch-Out or the Bassmaster Classic. And it's like, okay, we're going to invite you to this tournament. It's going to seem easier because it's only three days, but you're going to have to do this, this, and this. And as if that wasn't enough, you're going to have to wear a suit and you're going to have to it's so much i mean dude i don't sleep the night before the classic and i have no shot in hell of winning the Bassmaster classic <laughs> um let me ask you did anything else in your life ever do that to you that feeling where you can't sleep the night before no no i mean you know that's I mean, you know, the opening day of duck season, you know, well, probably, you know, I'm excited about that, but then it's, it's over, but not, there's nothing that there's nothing that'll touch the, the night before a tournament, you know, having those. And I, and you say jitters or whatever, I, I don't, there's just so many vibes going on. You yeah. can't control, you know? And I think that's what the, that's the biggest problem. And, 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 I want to say most of it is excitement. You know, yeah. I, I can see, I can see me sitting there because I love competition. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what still drives me to want to be one of the best at, at, at what I do or at what's going on. But I think the other thing is like sitting in a tree stand when a buck walks up and, and like, you can like literally feel your heart you know, going out of your, you know, out of your chest or whatever. And, and, and this might sound weird, but like, I, I live for that feeling of you the first day of the first tournament or the second tournament or the third tournament. We're going in five, four, you know, hearing you count down to let's get this party started or whatever. And that, the, all that adrenaline and all that stuff is built up. And then, you know, here we go. And then it's, it's like, it's released into the atmosphere and you're back on track. Does that, does it make sense? I mean, does that make sense? What I'm saying? Like once, once I get going, <coughs> once I get the boat on plane, 
once that mercury is stretched out and I'm running, then I'm fine. It's like everything has cleared. You know what I'm saying? All my fog and all that stuff in my head is is gone. And I'm and I'm ready to go. But leading to that point, all right, the tree stand, here comes the buck. All right. So all that excitement, adrenaline, everything until I release the arrow. You know what I mean? It's all that's 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 the way I can describe it. You know, it's like here it is. Let's go. And then once it once it once it starts, and then I'm I'm good. To, I'm fine. Yeah. Then you're just fishing. I mean, it it, it and, and I agree with that. I don't I, I don't think it's jitters. I think it's it's excitement. It's an overwhelming of excitement in you that that literally. I mean, that's all. I mean, I just think that that means you got the. That's why you try to qualify for the freaking Bassmaster Classic. All that stuff that we all hate. All of that, like everything. That that people probably hate at the moment. It's that feeling that I mean, it's that build that makes holding that trophy and having that moment so special. You know what I mean? It's I mean, you really just caught the five biggest fish over a group of fifty dudes. Basically, it's not as earth shattering, but it is to you because, dude, you've been watching people do that. Woo, Dave's do that. You watched all these people who have done it year after year when you were a little kid, and all of a sudden you're there and you've been close in the classic. Is that, is that what drives you now? Is the classic drive you for everything? Well, I mean, I could have finished dead last and all of my qualified and it would still drive me, you know, that's the biggest, it's the biggest platform that there is, you know, to, to win, you know, I mean, I can only imagine like, you know, Hank winning it twice back to back, you know what I mean? Like Cali, the bum dude. I mean, it, it was awesome to win it one time, and then to win it again, you know, back to back, I can only imagine his excitement, you know, of having that chance or going into that final day or, or whatever the second time. Uh, wow. You know, and, and you know, for, I mean, all the guys that have won the classic, you know, Edwin and, and shoot, we could go down the list, Larry Nixon, all the guys that are in there that are fishing with us and, and Kevin, you know, winning it. I think, what did Kevin win it three years in a row? Yeah, we or two years in a row. Yeah, two back to backs. Yeah, four, two back to back. Yeah, I mean, like, wow. I mean, it just got to be a regular club tournament for him. You know, he's like, oh, well, it's just another tournament. You know, but I asked him about that one day, and he and this is what got me. He said that he still gets more excited about the Bassmaster Classic than anything they ever. You know, that meant more, more, more to him um, doing that. But it, it it's the it's the top. I mean, it's the, it's the Super Bowl. You know I mean? That's what everybody plays football for to get to the Super Bowl. Everybody played, you know, everybody fishes throughout all the year. And you can think about, you know, you go back through the Bass Nation and the Bass Opens and, and the Bassmaster Elite Series. Go back and ask them guys down through there. The guys in the Bass Nation or the Bass Federation, they fish all that because there is a chance that yeah. they get to go to the Bassmaster Classic. If they fish up, ask them. I have buddies that count of money. That's all they live for. You know, they can't they can't leave their families, but the Federation has given them that chance of, wow, there is a chance that I can, you know, do this. And a couple of my buddies have done it. They have walked across the Bassmaster Classic stage uh, through the Federation and, and through the – those tournaments and stuff. And then you got the opens. 
which if I ever had to go back and fish all nine opens again, I quit. I'm done. You'll never see me again. <laughs> I will be a full-time hunter. Hats off to those guys that, that, that did that. I, you know, I have done it twice now. I did it in 2013, but it was only three, but yeah. they were kind of right here on my home. Now to kind of guarantee yourself in it, you have to fish all nine. Yeah. And wow. What you want to talking about some, uh, ups and downs, adrenaline, um, like you want to cut your head off, you know, I mean, don't want to fish no more type deals. Get to get in that and try to battle to make the Bassmaster Elite Series. And like I said, hats off to the guys that are doing it. Hats off to the guys that are going to do it this year. What a what a very very special accomplishment that's going to be. That's something that you can hang your hat on something and say, I did one of the hardest things in the world to to become a professional bass fisherman. And and by far I've lived it. I know it. And. Um, it's something I'll never do again. I told y'all that in a meeting. <laughs> nope. I, and, and I think that that whole, like when you did it, especially the second time, I mean, you, you made it tougher on yourself in the way that like, I mean, because of you, what you'd accomplished already in the sport, anybody that takes a step away from something that is guaranteed for them, basically their spot, you know, at, the Bass Pro Tour, but for you to step away and say, hey, I want to qualify for this, that had to be a lot tougher on you. And for it to take you a couple of years to do it, I mean, was there ever a time where you were like, screw this? Uh, yeah, uh, it was. Um, there was, there was, well, can I go back? <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you know, can I, but no, no, I stuck to my guns, you know, and, and, and I, I'm, I was laughing when I said that, but no, there was, there was no turning back. It was going to be, you know, to, to be able to win the classic, you have to be in the elite series. And, you know, that's what I wanted to do. And, and the, the, the people that made it more clearly to me were my sponsors. You know, I, I emailed my sponsors and before I even made a decision and, uh, and and asked us and sent them sent them all an email and said, hey, this is my plan. And I mean, right away, all of them were behind me 100%. So I think wow. that was the the horse kicking me in the ass, saying, all right, you, you know, some of them some of them said we'll give you da da da. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like, hey, you got five years to do this. It was like, you know, let's get it done quickly. Let's get back on track. But that 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 gives you that overing, overwhelming feeling that says, "Hey, they believe in you. They want you to do it. They're behind you. Now let's get it done." And and that's what you know. That's what sponsors are for. And that's what we live for. That's why we work so hard for them and and try to represent and promote their products and things like that to the best of our ability. You know, I mean, it's they're they're it. It's all a big family. We just live in the middle of it, you know. I mean, it's it is what it is. Yeah. What is the single greatest fish you've ever caught? Doesn't it, whether it be a tournament or whatever. But if somebody said to you, "Man, what what is the one fish that you want to relive in your mind over and over again?" Which one is it? You, you know, I, I had one. That was me. That was me catching that eight pounder at Toledo Bend. 
when I won my first elite series. That's been my, that's been the, the biggest one of my career. You know, that was a, uh, that was one of those ones I found on the last day. You know, the fish were kind of still spawning some, they were still moving up, but that one was like, it was just like a gift to God. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm going down a pocket and I look all the way across the pocket out in the middle and there's like a hump out there, like a, like a little hump that had one lily pad stuck up on top of it. And I eased over there and I was like, golly, man. I said, that's a big old bed. looks like a, I said, I can't believe there's not one laying by that log. Well, the closer I got that log moved, swam off. And I was like, oh boy, there she is, you know? And, uh, so that was the, that was, that was the highlight of my, my, um, fish catching. I think that fish was eight, two or eight, four or something like that. But it was a, that was a big one. And, you know, it, it won the tournament and, uh, but if I had to pick one from last year, it would be the third day. So, when we left on the third day going out, I was one point out of the classic at the St. Lawrence river. So mm-hmm. I needed, I was in 44th heading out and I knew that I needed to catch. I said, if I caught 23 on the third day, it would put me in the classic. I wouldn't have to worry about nothing. Well, it's 10 o'clock and I got one, four pounder, like a bunch of like two pounders. And I, I don't have a clue where they're going. You know, I, I'm, I'm like, whatever. So I ended up catching four more four pounders, which give me about, I had about 18 and a half pounds. And I'm like, man, I got to, you know, I got to catch a big one. So I ran out to a place and I caught a couple off of it. They weren't big and it's just a single rock. So I pan over and there's three smallmouth on this rock. I fire out there. And I caught one about four and a half, which I said, man, that's probably going to give me right at 20. I threw it back out there, caught another one about four and a half. And I said, well, that's 20. And I said, dear Lord, please let this one be a big one. And I threw it back out there and eased along and it didn't bite. Then about that time, Sago pulls up in the camera boat, you know, and I said, man, Sago always brings me good luck, you know, and I'm, and this is going through my mind. And I pitch back out there, and it goes down, and I pick up, and it's got me welded to the bottom. It was a 6'4". Wow. Um, and I got it in, and I had 23-14 or whatever the third day. I think it made the classic. So, you know, a 6'4 smallmouth to end the year, that was the last fish I caught that day was a 6'4 to come in and then, you know, to be done. So uh, that one that one has stuck in my mind, you know, a lot, yeah. uh, you know, over the, the last couple – couple weeks and months but the most of all was that one in Toledo Ben. who motivates you on tour like who do you look at and be like man i need to keep working uh, you know hagney hagney motivates me a lot to to do really good because if you meet hagney most of the time you've you're up there pretty close you know so we have a running joke that, you know, kicks your butt or, you know, just, just kind of keeps fuel to the fire. But I mean, I mean, this year, you know, it, it's, 
it's 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 a few of them you know uh you know like you said i don't ever like to be the trailer i like to be the what did you say the you like the lead pulling the trailer yeah, the, yeah. the lead or like the lead or whatever I, that's what that's what strives in every one of us you know there's 103 uh anglers that are fished that and and i call them wolves you know you you go and nick your arm one time and see what happens they're 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 on you you know what i mean they're 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 a pack of wolves and they're always looking for something to, to eat and and you are but that that's a that's a pretty tough tough question to uh who they all do yeah. i mean i'll just say that they all do i don't like getting beat by none of them you know what i'm saying and i'm pretty <laughs> sure they can all say that about me or whoever like you know nobody likes to get beat so i wouldn't say i could single out one person uh, but i, I I want to go, like when I show up to the Toledo Bend, I want to win, and I and yeah. and I hope that, I hope that everybody would think that way. I'm not going to show up just to say, man, I hope I finish 49, get a check. Like I I want to win now. After it gets into that second day, and then I know that I don't have a chance to win, then I'm fishing for that 49. <laughs> you you know what I'm saying? Like to try to get to get some money back or whatever. But you know, I, I would have to say it's the whole field that 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 wants me to be better because you know there's so many guys that do so many different things that their strengths and techniques and and they can do just about anything so i instead of singling out one person i'm going to say the whole field yeah that's a good answer that's a good answer um who do you find yourself drawn to you know there's i, I find so fog delay something going down who are you Who's your boat tied up against? Who do you like to hear stories from? Well, you know, uh, where were we at when we were fogged? I think I got between Christy and Larry Nixon when we were fogged up or had a delay or something. And man, the stories between them two, you know what I'm saying? You know, Jason's a real big bow hunter. Yeah. Uh, and, and loves to shoot big bucks and stuff like that. So got to talking about that. And then Larry is also a big hunter, you know, loves a duck hunt and stuff like that. And then, then we got Larry telling stories about mega bucks and stuff like that. So he kept us entertained for a little while, but I would have to say either, you know, I, I would have to say Greg Hackney, Larry Nixon and, and, and Christy title between them would be, uh, would be a pretty good morning in a fog delay. You know, they'd keep you entertained. Yeah. Yeah. And you're pretty good with the stories yourself. I mean, I'd say that's a good group to Sometimes. to hang up again, hang up together with, but, uh, no, I mean, dude, I, I, I think that, uh, I think this season's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I really, I'm very interested to see how the whole deal with forward facing sonar plays out, obviously to see what, what ends. And I think that if it is, full on go at it. I think it'll, that'll be even interesting too, because I think that you guys, like you said, are a pack of wolves or whatever you want to, whatever analogy you want to. And, and I think that the one thing I hate that the Alabama rig made illegal is I would have just loved to see what you guys would have done with it. I mean, because you guys take everything to the extreme 
And I think we're kind of seeing that with forward facing sonar and how it works out. But this year's schedule, you got to be happy with some of the fisheries. I mean, some fisheries you've done well on in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I like going, I like going to, you know, back to some new places. You know, I've, I started my, my, I got to my first you know, win was at Toledo Bend. We're starting off the year there, which will be good. It's going to be one of those deals there where, you know, some of the fish are just moving up to spawn, but a lot of them are going to be caught out there off the bank and, you know, forward facing sonar, lipless crankbaits, chatterbaits, you know, sinkos. I mean, it's just the list goes on, but, you know, leaving there and then coming on down the lane, then we get to go to Smith Lake. I want to open there, which got me in the classic the year that I was not fishing the classic. So that was a special treat. And then, you know, back up north again and stuff like that for the, for the tournament. So, I, I'm excited about we're going to Wheeler. You know, we, we ain't been to Wheeler in a long time. And uh, so anxious to kind of see what, what that's all about you know, and, and and things like that. I, I like I like new adventures, you know. Um, uh, to, and to me, a bass is a bass, whether he lives in Canada or he lives in Florida or California or Japan or whatever. He's going to live around something, and, and I like, you know, hunting and trying to figure him out. So, you know, that that's the, the best part about, about it about what it is but uh you know going up north and, and i think me and you and people they, they might hate me for this or whatever but well if we go to champlain again why do we even got to practice you know you're the you know you kind of actually said that a little bit and i've been thinking about that for a while and, and you're you're kind of right uh about, about one day one day you can have them licked you know i mean they're it is what it is they kind of live in the same places and you get one day where it's calm, you can kind of run around and check them. It's it's kind of that deal. So maybe a little more time to hunt or, you know, something that, during that time of year. But I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, those, those, those smallmouth and stuff have a really special place in my heart. Um, I, I tell everybody all the time, when God created them, he knew exactly what he was doing when he created a smallmouth. They ain't there. They're acrobats, they're biters, and 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 they're they're really really fun to fish for. Not when you're leading angler of the year or something like that, but they're uh, they're pretty fun to fish for. Yeah, they're pretty incredible fish, and it, I just they keep people sane from the winter. That see how you get all excited about oh it's getting fall. It's so funny how like it gets fall here too, but we're not excited. Like I love the fall. I mean, if it would stay perpetual fall, I'd be okay, but you like what it signifies i don't like what it signifies because it just means it's going to get a little bit more nasty but dude i appreciate you for doing this and uh and i really appreciate you for pulling some time away from your hunting because i know you don't like to do that oh i anytime anything for you merce as good as you are and what you what you do for us and you know we uh we take care of you and you take care of us so you know whatever we can do it, it's fun and you know, I mean, it's good to kind of get some of this, you know, stuff out and off my mind. And, you know, what a better way to do it and put it out there and see what people think. I mean, yeah, like I said, I back in the day, I might have had would have had a little more to say about things that are going on. But I mean, there's really, you know, it is what it is, you know, guys. I mean, if you want to if, if they're going to unlimited us to whatever we can do. Then I'm going to step my game up. If they're if they're going to limit us to one or two or however many it goes, then it is what it is. 
And if you're going to make us wear eight life jackets, then that's what it is. So, you know, let's, let's go and, and let's go fishing and, uh, and have a good year. You know, I mean, why do you think man, it, it changed be, like that? Just... Why do you think the change in you, when you say years ago, you would have said more, is that just a change in you as a person? Is that. I just, I just think that it's not, I just think that one single person can't, change you know the things i think it's gonna i think it's gonna take the whole task force you know what i mean to get things changed and instead of you know me voicing an opinion about or whatever you know the only thing that i and i and i'll and i'll say this to the public or whoever's going to hear this you know we had a thing if we wanted to change any rules uh we had a thing you could write in the only thing i changed was i wanted to be able to throw my double fluke rig again that was something that went out, you know, before the Alabama rig ever came aboard. Yeah. And I want to be able to throw a double fluke rig or I don't know if you remember this, but Norman back in the day made a front runner. Yeah. The front runner. I want to be able to throw my front runner again. And, and, and I, that's, that's it. I mean, okay. I, y'all took the, y'all took the Alabama rig away. That's five lures, but I'm throwing two flukes at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Two flukes. A topwater bait with another little topwater bait like it's chasing it. It's an attractant. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I asked for. So if y'all want to know, you know, I didn't I didn't ask to take away Ford Face Center or nothing like that. I asked to get the double fluke rig and the front runner back. How many other people you think asked for that? I know I know a couple of people did. Um that that did it. So it was uh it's just something that needs to be out there, you know what I mean? I mean Man, on live TV and you and there's three pound three pound spotted bass schooling. Why not catch one? Catch two at a time. Yeah. Or, or that thing can be worked out over, you know, all over all over any kind of, you know, stuff and, and get some big bites or something that's that you can trigger a big bass every now and then. It's like it's something that works very very few times, but it's often used seldom if that makes makes any yeah. sense. Yeah, but when it works, I agree with you. I mean, a double fluke rig when it's hammering, and and I, I agree with you on the fact that like there's a lot of innovation that has been missed because of that. Not you, you know what I mean? Like with as much as the drop shot gets fished and everything now, I'm like, if you could have a double rig, you know, never mind the Alabama rig, but if you could double up like that, there would be many cool things that people would get to see. Um, so I mean, all I'm saying. Lisa, Chris, all the dude wants is the freaking double fluke rig. I mean, I, I, I don't yeah, think that's exactly. a lot to ask for, is it? No, 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 not at all. All right, go shoot a deer. I mean, who's the best hunter on the well, elite sorry, series? Let me see. Do what now? Who's the best hunter on the elite series? I, I'm going to give you two names. All right. And the only reason I say this, the only reason I say this is because of how they hunt and what they do. I'm going to say Polnick or uh, Clifford Perch. Yeah. Yeah. Hiking mountains. Clifford Perch and Polnick, they, not so much the mounting, the mountains, but the things they hunt around, like mountain lions and (laughs) things like that, that could eat their little ass at any given time, you know? Yeah. they just have to eat me because I ain't running. You know what I mean? 
and they're little enough where you know what I'm saying. But I, they they hunted some rough territory, and and they hunt big big animals. You know, they're both hunting elk and and stuff like that, and. Uh, that that's that's pretty tough you know they're gone they're gone for a week or so camping on the side of a mountain and stuff like that so yeah I, it would have to be between them two All i right. think politics terrain and and weather is a little more than cliffs but i think cliff uh clifford has a little more few more things that could eat him than politic does so it's kind of a weighing thing out there so i don't know <laughs> it, it would be it would be interesting yeah, well, there's there's a lot of good hunters on the Elite Series. You are definitely one of them, and uh, I'm not going to take any more of your time away from it. Go uh, enjoy hunting season, and we'll see you in the new year. All right, Merch. Thank you, buddy. See you, brother. Great stuff with Jacob Prosnick. Can't thank him enough for being our guest this week, and um, I swear to you, it was not my goal to talk about forward-facing sonar. I'm literally tired of talking about forward-facing sonar, and I'm here, sure you guys are tired of hearing about it, but everybody's got thought. I mean, at one point during that conversation, I said, let's not talk about forward-facing sonar anymore, and then we kept talking about it, um, and I think it was my fault. So I promise you that that is not the topic we want to talk about every single week, but it is a big topic in the sport of fishing, and then I thank you for putting up with it while we navigate this time in the sport, if that makes sense. I mean, because as much as I don't want to talk about it, a lot of you do want to hear different guests' thoughts on it. Um, but we're going to make an effort next week not to talk about it again but we'll see how that goes but the only one way to find out is you guys tune in and um find out if i'm able to not talk about it next week bob cop take it away thanks for watching please like comment and subscribe because bob cobb of the bass masters told you to you hear